Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, yo, yo. Hi, everybody. It's episode 30. Can you believe it? It's episode 30. Where's the time gone? I feel like it just goes faster and faster. I'm getting old. And I think as you get old, it's like you just can predict the swing of things and the flow of things. So it's like the seasons feel like they're getting faster. The years are getting faster. uh, Decades getting faster. This is my 10th year uh, straight designing for indoor. My 10th year working with Travis Peterman, the homie friend of the show. And wow, episode 30, here we are. And it is quite a special episode. It's a great episode because it is all about DCI auditions and uh, auditioning in general. This is an area that I think needs visibility and conversation around it because it is scary to audition for the best in the world. I was cut not only from the cadets uh, from 2007 through 2010, I went to the Blue Coats in 2008. I made a variety of mistakes. It's actually funny. Cadets and Blue Coats are the two cores this person, our guest today, marched in. So we will cover those grounds as well as many other. Uh, today's guest is a recent age out and has been involved in the drum corps activity as a performer for the past eight years. They got their start in 2015 as a baritone player with 7th Regiment, an open class core based out of New London, Connecticut. Many of you listeners who follow the show know I taught there the two years before this guest started marching, which is another connection that we have. Uh, They remained there for three seasons before marching with the cadets in 2018 and 19. Uh, Our guest was then contracted by the Bluecoats for 2020. We all know how that went. Very sad. It was canceled. I experienced that as well with Crown. Though they went on to continue marching with the Blue Coats through 2021 and served as a drum major in 2022. Everyone help me welcome Vic Lee. Vic, what's up? How are we doing today? Good. How are you? I am great. I feel like I rattled that off so fast. <laughs> Happens. <laughs> <laughs> what are you up to? Where do you live? What are you doing in your life? I mean, I know you are from Connecticut, right? Are you there? What's kind of going on these days now that you're uh, done with drum corps? Yeah, so I'm out here in the Northeast. Um, right now I'm in Connecticut. I'll be moving to Boston soon, though. Um, just got finished teaching um, the band that I teach out in Massachusetts, uh, Kingfield yeah. Regional. Love oh, that. Yeah. Just had nationals. Um, other than that, just being a full-time artist. You know how the, you know how the deal goes. Whoa. So uh, one, did you just finish school? Or are you doing the drum corps track? Kind of what's going on there? Um, yeah, so I finished school last spring. Um, and okay. now I'm just kind of like doing my own thing, figuring it out. Yeah, where did you go to school for? 
Um, I went to UMass Amherst for anthropology. Wow. So you went to UMass. I am yes, I so did. many just putting the piece together. I mean, Northeasterner and you've, you uh, remind me you're from Connecticut, correct? Where in Connecticut are from? Yeah. Um, I'm from uh, Groton, Connecticut, Southeastern, right on the coast. Wow. Drum Corps, Connecticut scene all coming together here today on episode 30. It's awesome. So I think it's exciting. We're kind of here to talk about auditioning. You've clearly auditioned successfully now, looking down three ensembles that you auditioned for and made. Were you ever cut auditioning anywhere? Oh, plenty. Yeah, I've been cut a lot. Um, I've really? been cut at uh, Cadets. I've been cut at Boston Crusaders. Um, and I was cut from Bluecoats three, three times, three times. Fourth time was a charm. <laughs> Wow, I did not know that. So you are a perfect, we're both perfect guests for this topic, having not only been cut, but also successfully making it marching and then actually acquiring a leadership position in a very successful year. Um, so when you started off, kind of talk to me about maybe your transition from where, you know, high school or those early days when you started the marching arts and then you start identifying groups that you are maybe interested in or you're a fan of like what is that story that leads you to maybe that first audition yeah so it's kind of crazy actually so i came from a pretty small high school um like division two super small like um very humble beginnings um out here in connecticut there's not like too much of a marching scene out here so you know how it'd be um working on but, it <laughs> yeah but my band director actually showed me i joined marching band my eighth grade year um and he showed us a video of cadets 2013 and i was like mm. what is that i don't know if i like the uniforms i was like that's this kind of interesting like i don't know if that's my thing but sure cool that was that was cool um and then i saw blue coats 2014 on a visual on a video like at the next yeah. band camp um, and I actually had an instructor who marched 7th Regiment um, 2013 and before, and he got me to come out to an open house. Um, I actually was an alto saxophone player. So not only did I do the whole Northeastern drum corps thing, but I like changed instruments too. Um, picked up a baritone for the first time at that camp and the rest is history. So. Whoa. So you made 7th Regiment straight off of saxophone is what you're saying. Yep. Wow. So what was that transition like, actually? Because I, I know a lot of the members at, at Hurricanes. I know a lot of members kind of go from uh, woodwind to brass. What was like the biggest hurdle in even making that leap? Because in order to audition for drum corps, I'm sure everyone listening or most people listening know, like you have to play a brass instrument if you're going to be in the horn line, at least right now. What did you have to do to go through that process of going from kind of one to another? Yeah, I actually had no idea what I was getting myself into. Um, I just knew that, oh, I can't play the saxophone. So I just showed up and they put like a horn in my hand. Didn't know that a marching baritone was even a thing. Like I didn't know how to hold it. I didn't know how to make a sound. Like I played trombone for a year in like maybe fourth grade. But other than that, like no clue. Um, and they kind of just took the reins. I'm very thankful that um, it was an organization um, that was able to teach me those kind of things on the fly as I did those. So, yeah, that's such a interesting, uh, unconventional entrance in a drum corps. You would think going from basically that's your first experience uh, playing playing baritone, and that's exactly what I did at Hurricanes. I had played bass drum uh, at Norwalk. I was on bass one. That was like my first year marching. I've been playing drums for a long time, but 
they the first snare drum I ever like played played I was in the snare line at Hurt Games in 2005. Um, so I actually played snare and drum corps before I played in high school. Um, so it's exactly kind of the same. Uh, pretty wacky. You don't hear that a lot where it's like, oh, drum corps first. But as you know, being from Connecticut, like our local scene, like we will teach people how to be in a drum corps and do drum corps from a, a level that the cadets or the blue coats can't because they have so many auditionees. They're turning away hundreds of people, right? So yeah. you are now playing baritone. You're like, I'm doing drum corps. Here I am. If you know, I'm sure it's not like totally conscious how this is kind of happening. And you're talking about seeing the cadets 2013 side by side, blue coats 14 till. And you marched both chorus, right? I but did. is it is it your push to cadets because you are just a, a Connecticut member and you're like this this makes sense this is where people go? Like, how do you land at the cadets? Yeah, so I actually uh, my first year marching drum corps was 2015. I auditioned for the mm -hmm. Blue Coats in 2016. Okay. Um. So obviously I did not make it. Um. <laughs> but I went for the experience, and um, they actually reached out the people who were cut. Um, like were sent to other cores, and cadets kind of caught my eye because they're around here. A lot of my instructors were cadets, so I was like, oh, that's the obvious next step. Like, why not? Um, and that's kind of how I ended up there. Yeah. Awesome. That's great. So, it was kind of a combination of where you wanted to land it's so clear you're like i am going to march blue coats one day and am i capturing that correctly yeah yeah and and it's it's funny to hear you talk about watching 13 cadets as one of those early uh shows that you remember because i remember seeing 2000 cadets um or 2000 or 1997 cadets and Stonehenge and uh, to tame the perilous skies i think was 93 or 95 but if you're from connecticut we are like oatmeal eating drum corps people. Like we are all about nuts and bolts, like march, marching fast, drill, yep. playing a lot. So like the cadets in my mind are very much that. So did you feel prepared kind of when you did end up uh, marching the cadets uh, in lieu of blue coats? Did you feel like I'm ready for this or did you get absolutely, you know, did you get your ass beat that first year? <laughs> I mean, like definitely a combination of both. Um, Sorry, my dog is here, <laughs> but yeah, um, definitely a combination of both. Um, I did get my ass handed to me. I will <laughs> say that. Um, but yeah, I was fully prepared to do the whole like marching at 200 plus, like just going and not stopping. Um, that was definitely like one of the things that I was very excited for that year. And in your story, it's like such a seamless transition. You know, you're clearly on the Blue Coats radar and they kind of send you and connect you with cadets. So it's like you probably weren't totally in the same boat as someone trying out cold, but obviously you learned baritone at seventh. But what did you take away marching a seventh regiment or, you know, just the open class level? Because obviously I've taught there. I work with the Hurricanes, as you know, and I march DCA and I'm always talking about what I took away doing uh, that level, because a lot of people want to skip that level, right? They want to go right to Blue Coat 16, but they they haven't really gone through it. So what do you feel like looking back at seventh? What did you learn there that maybe wasn't provided to you at the cadets, for example? Yeah, I think I just learned how to do that activity. Like, I'll be honest, like, even though it's a, sm a smaller level, like people don't really talk about open class. Um, it was a really good introduction for me, especially like, it wasn't a full tour, so I still got to like kind of go home in the middle. 
Yeah. Um, but I still went to indie, you know, so I still got to see those big groups. I still got a little taste of what it meant to like do one of those things, even though I didn't go to San Antonio, I didn't go to Georgia. Like I didn't do all those extra things that you see nowadays, but yeah, I still had a blast. Um, wasn't all like the shining, like golden stuff that you see at the world-class level, but I definitely had really great experiences there. So, well, you already know world-class level has its, you know, it has its lulls and its pains too. I think that's people, people look at y'all at the end, they're like blue coats at the end, but they didn't see what day one looks like. Yeah. No, <laughs> you know? Um, so let's talk about how, how, you know, um, how do you feel like you knew when you saw tilt the 2014 blue coat show, which I absolutely love, by the way, I thought they, very well could have won and i bet blue devils won that year because i can't remember who won so it must have been a bd year 2014 yeah i think so because it's if i can't remember who won it's like it's it's either someone you remember or it's yep. devs yeah <laughs> yeah that's literally it so i was like i don't know who won so it's definitely blue devils and then 15 2015 was blue devils and then 16 blue coats that was their yep. first year right um so you're coming in an amazing time but when you watch till how do you know the blue coats are the core you want to go to? And clearly you're, you're going to blue coats. What is it about them that, that told you this is the right place for me to go? Cause I think this is an integral part of picking where you go. So you're very smart and precise about spending money and time basically. Yeah. Like it's definitely a huge, like time and money commitment. So when I like saw that first show, the first thing that caught my eye was the uniforms. I was like, that's the coolest uniform I've ever seen. Granted, I never got to march in that uniform, but it definitely inspired me to go there. Um, I was a, as a horn player, um, I was really inspired by the music that they picked for their performances. Like very like, not like electronic-y, definitely very psychedelic almost. Um, totally. Just very like super weird, like weird stuff that they turned into like these marching band performances that I just like never really saw combined before. Um, so yeah, I think the music was definitely a huge part of why I decided to go there. And they're cool. I think this team here, like John and Jim and Tom Rarick and the whole team, I think Dean is the program coordinator. Is that right? Um, yeah, he's there. And uh, the brass ranger, Doug, um, just the whole team. It's so, it's so cool. And blue coats have always been cool since I can remember. So I totally feel, I think everyone wants to go to blue coats in some way, even people that march other places. They're like, I, I would do that. Like, yeah. it's all good. It's hard to not like be a fan of it. Um, So when thinking about the years you went, let's say it was 16, that was the year the blue coats won. They're like in, in an incredible upswing for multiple years they're about to land their first one going there getting cut tell me about that did could you tell you weren't ready was it a surprise were you disappointed like what was your experiencing your experience not making the blue coats when you were so passionate about marching that drum corps yeah so i was at the time like i think going into my sophomore year of high school so i was like reality check this is really in reality and probably not going to happen um mm. but i thought the experience was really cool like going to a camp like flying out to ohio like doing the whole like getting ranked thing like doing all the these different like huge audition groups with like people from across the country and like even farther um yeah it was just a really cool experience to like 
get started I think um because I think after that point I wasn't as scared going into auditions because I knew like oh blue coats auditions are really hard and obviously I gotta like prepare you know so you it sounds like you kind of knew being young that you were like I'm probably not gonna make it but this is about learning like how to do this basically yeah that's you you sound like a very uh smart high school student because I was not like that at all I was like I'm gonna be the youngest person to make the cadet snare line and I was not at all <laughs> I just I was one of those people and I think there's a, a another um component of what we're talking about is like I was one of those people that was like in the line worried about like am I up am I down am I, am I inside am I outside so it's like when you're auditioning what do you feel like What's the mindset there? How should someone as a as a new person, maybe with less, you know, wisdom than you had at the time where they're like auditioning, like, how do they wrap their minds around it? How do they make sure that they are prepared for that experience? Yeah, um, especially like going to a lot of auditions um, over my time of like auditioning for drum corps. Um, definitely number one, showing up as prepared as you possibly can, because the more prepared you are going into it, like the less you can really worry about like oh like you're gonna get there and be like oh i didn't like work on that or you're listening to this, some other guy play the same exercise and you're like i don't sound like that you know what i mean um um i guess just going in with that confidence um like here i'm i'm here this is what i have to present um take it or leave it you know when you talk about preparation say more about that like what does preparation at the top level of a dci drum corps mean to you how would you like define that in its details yeah, so I'm a little extra. Um, so going into my the the year that I did make it at Blue Coats in 2020, um, before like all that COVID stuff hit, um, I was practicing like all day every day for like two weeks, I think, leading up to it. Um, like I found like a empty gym no one was using, and I was just like be there. I would like notate all of my stuff. I'd list like I would make practice logs for myself and be like, all right, I'm going to add this crescendo here and make sure it sticks. Um, that kind of thing, just like being very, very meticulous. Um, posting videos and audition groups was a big thing, um, not only just to get myself out there, but to get familiar and less intimidated by the people who were going to give me info at the camp. Um, and also just like helps to get your face out there, you know, um, I think mentally that just helped me a lot um, prepare for going to the actual camp itself. I mean, after marching two years of cadets, are you actually nervous trying out or are you kind of like, I got this, I'm, I'm ready for this? Um, kind of a little bit of both actually, just because I feel like having marched cadets, like people don't, a lot of people don't approach marching the same way that they do. Um, so at the same time, while I did feel kind of confident in my marching, um, I was called out in camps like I looked like a cadet like just hey would you, would you march you march cadets and it was like yeah I march cadets <laughs> like um they got you but yeah you know how it is <laughs> I do so what are the differences you're you're a little bit um more rigid and stiff in your movement style a little bit less less acclimated to the dance component like what do they mean by that um in your opinion yeah i was just really stiff like that was my thing um just because we had perfected that like that straight leg like looking <laughs> militaristic yep the scissors <laughs> um, 
and definitely we weren't as like dancey dance as like blue yeah. coats were but i did like that about them like i really liked the whole movement aspect i was really inspired by um dance and to this day still want to take more dance classes but that that was definitely something that was more like alien to me going into it yeah a hundred percent which is funny because you well i mean you you probably were ranked up there i have to think that they're looking at you like okay you know you need to adjust how you're doing what you're doing but you've got the the substance there and the the reason i ask about preparation is i think this is something that again is a little bit under the radar for the all you know i can remember and i'm sure you can remember too like when i was trying to get into dci and i stayed at hurricanes for five years by the way i i tried out uh you know i marched 0506 hurricanes and then seven eight and nine each year i tried out cadets getting cut i'm going back to hurricanes they're telling me to go to surf they're telling me to go somewhere lower. I'm like, no, I'm going to be like a multi-year vet at a, a, you know, a different style of organization because I, I really loved marching there and just had a ton of fun and we were all family there. Um, but to, you know, I remember feeling being outside of DCI and looking in and just being like, I could never do what the Cavaliers are doing in James Bond. I can never do what the cadets are doing in the zone or in this, I believe like it was very, I don't know. I felt very alienated from it and I could feel that at the audition. So, I, you know, how does someone prepare not only you're talking and I love what you just talked about with like the logs and the hours and the how you're preparing. How does someone prepare for the like you're about to stand in the arc with blue coats vets with these instructors who are like to us, you know, they're they're the top top in the world and it's like how do you get yourself there in a manner that you can um, flourish because I think this is very difficult to to prepare if you will and I'm like wondering how how does one prepare themselves for that yeah um it's definitely hard and very daunting um I don't know I'm <laughs> I was like very uh what do you call it like I was a ver very much an introvert in high school so like going sure. into it I was like also very scared like very very shy I didn't talk to anyone um the first couple of years um for me I think it was just I don't know it's weird because i had that kind of like warm up into it with the open class so i kind of knew people but i didn't um but for people that i've seen go into it like cold like not having that just going straight yeah. to world class um i don't know just like having that confidence and like share of themselves um which is very hard to do considering like you're putting yourself out there to like be evaluated evaluated by people here like perceiving to be at the top um but i think it's really important because if you're going in like super shy and they can tell um you're not going to come off as like being the best that you can be you know what i mean um so i guess just like taking the stuff that you have and you know that you have and just presenting it to them as it is um and just being very open-minded for feedback because like at the end of the day even if you do get cut you have a ton of feedback now that you can work with and uh, mm. improve yourself with going out of it so so what in your opinion now also i know being a drum major in a core kind of it, it's the step between the membership and the staff so you are getting insight and you're seeing drum corps. I would imagine at the end of this, you know, you've marched a lot of years by the point that you are the drum major in the blue coats. Um, when you think about the prototypical ideal DCI member, 
what are the qualities someone could bring even just to audition one? Because there's certain things we know you're not going to get until 90 days are up and you have chops. Like that's, that's not necessarily what I mean, even though, I mean, that is what we look for when someone auditions is that they've played for a lot of hours, but let's say someone is maybe newer. What are those qualities that you would want to show up to the blue coats or to the blue devils or a top core with in order to show them what you're talking about. What are those qualities? Yeah, um, I think a big one is, well, two big ones are self-discipline and just like awareness, like whether it be like body awareness, like your of your yourself, like knowing mm -hmm. like, it's like, are you doing, actually doing it? Like they're showing it to you. Um, but just like, I don't know, having that self-discipline, like you're standing in an arc, even though you've never like stood in an arc for four hours, you know? Um, but being able to be like, all right, internally, like I'm here, I'm not gonna like panic. I'm not gonna like, oh, I don't know what to do right now. Um, like, I'm just gonna take it, I'm just gonna like be a sponge, you know? Um, I think something that I did here at like Blue Coats is they're looking, like they look for someone who's teachable, who like mm. will listen um, and who they can tell want it. You know what I mean? Um, and they're like actively doing stuff to do that. Um, yeah, I think that's definitely a big one. Being teachable uh, in the last couple of years, um, I think we have learned, you know, we had some experiences at Crown where we'd have like just this super talent group of members. But for some reason that we would end up at the end, I can think of two years specifically with, you know, personality friction, essentially. And I think we started to identify when we're on the audition process to look for people who might not be there yet. They might be further from where we want them to be, but between November and December, they made a jump that like you've never even seen before. And they're still not there. They're still like worse than a bunch of other people, but it tells you month to month, where could they, you're like trying to see down the road of, of how far they can get. Um, and as I've gotten, you know, I've done so many hours in the individual room and you start to, you start to notice exactly what you're talking about. When you interview the, the prospect, you're like, I see what you're here about. You know, it's yeah. like we had a we had a dude come into Crown auditioning for quads. Uh, we had no quad vets in 2019 to start. We ended up having one, but we started with none. And a quad audition, he came in, and we didn't know him. And he was like, "It would be an honor to serve as the section leader of the Carolina Crown quad line." And blah blah. And he started talking about being the section leader before he even played. As a as a rookie. Um, brand new we don't know him and then we're like <laughs> tom handham at, at some point is in, in this individual is like it would behoove you to do a little <laughs> more listening than talking yeah that sounds on brand <laughs> it was yeah it was and uh and then the dude went back into the room like literally we're auditioning day one and he's like giving comments down the line to the other auditionees it's a lot <laughs> Let me tell you this. This was the best quad auditionee at the camp in November. He was the best player we had. We cut him on Saturday. Yeah. Valid. It was like red flag. It was literally like red flag after red flag, you know, and, and that's yeah. what you're talking about. It's like, dude, you're going to be when it's July and we're in Texas, I am going to be running from you. Yeah. <laughs> do not want anything to do with it. No. <laughs> It was, it was, it's actually one of my favorites. I'm kind of glad it happened because that story is so hilarious and it's like a, a good thing to remember. So um, let's get back into the questions. 
let, let's think about this because I always am trying to like, you know, I don't know. I'm so in this now. I always am trying to think about where I was in 2004 when I was trying to start this whole thing and um, how I was doing it and all that. But if you could give your younger self, like maybe you personally, or if you could give like a younger person one tip auditioning for the drum corps of their dreams, let's say. What would the one thing be that you're like, you need this? Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's a hard, that's a tough question. Um, probably something along the lines of, I don't know, you'll see progress, something like that. Um, especially like, because I came from learning a brass instrument. So like, I could do visual, sure. Um, but like the music side of things is completely like, brand new like yeah um it took switching a while. from woodwind to brass yeah it took me a really long time to like actually see real progress or like even be able to compare myself with the people standing next to me even um so definitely like just keeping at it um yeah keep at it um you'll see progress that's probably what i'd say I love that. I think that's spot on. That's what I would, I would tell literally myself, worry about the, worry about the progress, worry about the process. Don't worry about the, cause it was so much like, I want to march in a Fred Sanford winning drum line and win a gold medal. It wasn't like, I need to like learn how to like do one of these, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I was way focused on the wrong stuff for a lot of years um, because of that, because we watch YouTube, you know, mm -hmm. we're in the, we're in the YouTube thing. And it's like, we, we look at the end. Um, let's see what we got. How does one, so you're, you're coming off a nut again, a season that's like super epic blue coat season. Like probably, I would probably say one of my favorite designs of this era of blue coats. Um, I just really enjoyed it. Um, how does the core, how have you witnessed the balance of talent and work ethic. I think this is something we're talking about, you know, being a person who can work, who can improve and be humble, but also talent is huge. So at Blue, is it like, are they really grinding you guys? Is it about working super hard? Is it about drawing on the individuals that are super talented? Like what, what is the culture like there for someone who is just thinking about like, where do I want to go? Um, is it, you know, more of that work? Is it more of like uh chill fun? Cause I'm, I know it's been like changing over the last couple of years, you know, mm -hmm. I marched with Mike Scott and rhythm X and since he's been there, it's just been like this huge change. So like, what, what is the environment like there for someone who hasn't done what you've done? Yeah, so I really like the blue coats because um, even from the outside, you can tell it's like super chill, just like very like real, like expressing yourself, um, even in like in a big show of like 154 people or whatever. Um, that being said, I think they do like talent, of course, is some, always plays a part. But at the end of the day, I think it's work ethic that they're really looking forward to. Um, because they can always develop like work, someone who has a really good work ethic. But if you come in talented and don't really know how to learn from that um, or don't want to like, or not willing to like get instruction, um, yeah. that definitely like will affect you later down the line. And don't know if like, 
they want to deal with that you know i mean like i don't really blame them um but yeah definitely work ethic i'd say um just because you can always build upon that and um also during the season like on tour it just makes for a really good environment of people um who all like are going for the same thing and like striving to like have that blue coat sound you know um everyone wants it just as much as the person next to them and i think that's very telling it's hard to realize that issues around that arise at the highest level but they do um people getting into the middle of the experience and being like this isn't what i expected and they're like not on that page and you would never think that that would happen can you think of any examples not that you need to name anyone but does that even arise there have you experienced that even at the cadets because it's like i just remember feeling like it was such a fortress like marching at a level like that it was like i can't understand the you know that culture have you ever seen that really flare up like how how does that kind of show up over the summer like and how do you resist that you know what i mean have you ever experienced that yourself where it's like man like this kind of is tough and i i need to find a mental way through this yeah um i think a good example would be the 21 season like right after the whole COVID thing that was canceled um and a lot of the age outs didn't come back or like vets didn't come back so it was a lot of new people who haven't really dipped their toe in the mark in the mark like the DCI drum corps world yet right. um and there were definitely some people who just didn't really quite know what they were getting into so we'd get into like I think that year we had a two-week tour um <laughs> but even that two weeks like they'd be like oh like what is this like why is this happening or like why are we sleeping on this gym floor like that schedule thing was really like that was really messed up and I'm like sometimes stop. you gotta just roll with the punches you know stop <laughs> noticing stuff yeah um, don't notice things <laughs> don't notice things i think there's definitely like a balance with that kind of stuff on the admin side of things too but yeah sometimes you just got to learn how to do the activity um and that does flare its head out it happened to me at cadets like i remember in 18 i was injured and i marched injured um, um like i'd had two shin splints that ended up um being like stress fractures right in the season but oh good yeah Great. very very fun <laughs> but <laughs> All that being said, like, there was a point in the season where I was like, all right, like, I got to deal with this. Like, I, I got to, like, work through it. I got to figure out how I'm going to make it mentally through this. Um, and I did it. And it's possible. But it's definitely takes time to figure out, I'd say. I, uh, I was talking to someone, I think, recently at, at maybe the last year at Crown when we were auditioning. I was like, if we were really going to audition these kids, we would, like, you know, instead of having them sleep on the floor, like we have them sleep on the bus, you know, at the camp. Put you know what I'm the, saying? Yeah. Yeah. Straight up. Like, yeah, you're sleeping on the bus. It's good. We're gonna have the AC on, but like, that's where you sleep because it kind of is right. And that was where I ran into things. And I actually learned to embrace it. You know, Cavaliers is like, a, a, it's a frat. And when I yeah. was there, it was a straight up frat. So it was, I, there was a lot of love in it. There was a lot of camaraderie in it. Um, and I was able to lean into that, but there were people who, you know, bus life is serious. Like you're living in close quarters. And if like you were talking about bodily awareness and that's what I thought of earlier. Yeah. Yep. You're just like, <laughs> you're like touching everyone. Yep. And it's like, 
It's like, listen, showering, changing your socks, putting your things back. Um, not leaving food. Like just there's, those are the, you know, when you go back to seven um, and I think about the members that I worked with there, it was like that. That's the yeah. stuff we did. Mm-hmm. And I will say like marching seventh, so young, it's like how I learned how to like do my own laundry. It's like yeah. how I learned to do all those like little things, um, which helped me kind of as a person, but it was in that environment of like super high intensity, like, oh, you have a strict schedule. You got to do all this stuff. So. Yeah. I love the schedule part. I used to race the center quad back during EPL at Cavaliers in 2011. Be like, dude, I'm going to race you to the bus seat before the show every day. I'm going to shower, eat and get dressed quicker than you and be in my blacks in the seat before you drumming. And I would beat them like every single day, you know, nice. and it was just like, but that's like, that's like what we're talking about is like, if you can lean into the kind of psychosis of drum corps and just go like robot machine, like grind it out. Like it's fun. Mm-hmm. Like it that that to me was fun I also think I am I'm built to do that and I enjoy that but I just can think of the people that they're talented and maybe even they work but they can't even get through the the social like life aspect of it yeah and I don't think what can prepare you for that I mean it's like like when we go back you did seventh right and it shocked you into this next there's nothing before that where I would say mm-hmm. like hey how do you prepare for that like you just have to do it right no clue it's like what kind of person <laughs> going into like coming out of high school knows how to tour on a tour bus like that doesn't happen but I will right. say like having done it for so long I marched last season out of a duffel bag this big mm. and I did it and everyone was like, how are you doing that? And I was like, I don't know. I got 15 pairs of everything. What are you talking about? So. You know now what, you know, oh, I'm going to bring three pairs of jeans. Like, nah, no, you God. don't need that. Yeah, mm-hmm. you need like zero. It's yeah. like, I need like two pairs of shorts. It's all about socks. It's all about underwear. And then the rest is like, nah, we're going to be in the, these clothes. And yeah, I mean, those are the things too that, will slow you down on the road is worrying about all the moving parts you know tour spread basically like psychological tour spread like the dudes who are leaving their girlfriend or you know boyfriend at home and then you when you start to spread your mind out and then you can tell the people who are like it's like all we're trying to think about is like the score and the drill and the body that's it nothing else Basically, it's hard to yeah, it's so it's so hard to be at that level that it's like you kind of have to block things out. And that's something I, I enjoyed. And I it's just so distracting that like they took our phones when I marched. Really? We I didn't have cell phones. Yeah, they would take our phones up to like 2013 or something Cavaliers, they take your cell phone away. That's wild. I've never heard of that. That's insane. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. It was yeah, awesome. Honestly. It was, it was awesome. We had to, I will tell you this. Um, and I, you were, you were obviously the drum major, so I'm sure this is exactly kind of your experience, but I knew everyone in the drum corps. Yep. Brass guard, you know, that's not how a lot of drum corps are. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, I definitely made it like a goal for me going into the 2022 season. Like I'm going to have a real conversation with every single person. Um, yeah. I will say, I don't think I completely finished that goal, but I did get really close. <laughs> I will say so. You were busy. Yeah. Very busy. 
So um, talk to me. I just want to pick your brain a little bit about 2022, even though I know that's ne not necessarily audition related, but in a way it is because you auditioned, made it, and then you get to have these awesome experiences. But what was this year like? I mean, what were some hardships? Like, I feel like the production thing with Blue Coats has been such a paramount part of the experience. It's like the OSHA stuff and setting up scaffolding and props and the trucks and all these things, again, that you don't see on YouTube. You just see like the amazing outcome, all of it. But like, how was the summer stepping into that role? Like, what did you learn? Um, what are you taking away from that? Yeah. So I will say like, it was a little rough in the beginning. Um, like again, have not having like returning drum majors, um, just coming out of COVID. So it's like not a lot of old blue coats either, um, who like knew what it was like yeah. So that was really weird. And also just as someone who that this is my bonus year. So I aged out on my bonus year. Um, I was also dealing with stuff like, oh, I kind of miss real life. Like I could be working right now. Like I could right. be doing something else, um, but I'm here and I'm committing myself to this. Um, so that was hard at first, um, but definitely got easier um, waves up and downs, obviously over the summer. But it was a really magical experience, and I'm really glad that I did end up doing it. Um, the alumni core was really big for me, um, just because like it was like a culmination of like I wanted to march blue coats my entire marching career. So like mm -hmm. being able to like march blue coats and standing on the sideline at semis, like bawling my eyes out as they're playing like kinetic noise or like tilt or whatever or the boxer um, was like really really full circle for me. So that was really oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. But going into it, like, I don't know, the production aspect, I've always been a really good, like, huge fan of how the Bluecoats put their shows together. Like, I think it's just really cool how, like, John and Jim and, like, everyone in that design team just will show up in the morning and be like, all right, you go here, you go here, you go here, you do this, you make this shape, um, and it works. Like, they make it look so easy, um, but it's definitely not, for one. <laughs> no, it's but, not it's really impressive and it like, I don't know, I have a lot of fun doing it. And I just love how um, they always write their shows in a way that their members can make their own personal show in it. You know, like they can express themselves as an individual performer, um, which is something that I haven't like seen having March Cadets, like um, you're just part of this big group and you're like committing yourself to that. At Blue Coats, it was very much like, all right, like you have these X amount accounts to like get over there. You can do whatever you want, but like this is what you're portraying and it would work. Right. <laughs> like um, it was just really yeah. cool to like have that type, that caliber of design team with the people that we had um, on the field. It was just really cool to watch and be a part of. So, yeah. Well, I'm jealous of you um, because <laughs> I did get cut from Blue Coats. I went in 2008, which was really dumb. I didn't know any better. They had like nine snare vets. Um, yeah. But I also got I got to march under Mike McIntosh the two years directly out of Blue Coats. So mm -hmm. for me, like that was the the full circle was just like you know everyone wanted to march Blue Coats after 2007 and eight. Like that was yeah. such a turning point, and you know having marched rhythm X and just the relationship between blue coats and rhythm X and just Ohio in general. Like I just know so many people. I marched with Mike Scott, Tom Gasparini, Tommy Rome, like all these are blue coats legends now. So it's like, yeah. I feel like, you know, and I actually almost filled a hole in 12. Um, Cause my buddy, Joe Woody, who is 
I think still teaching there. He was certainly there yeah. the last few years. Um, he was getting hurt. His hand was messed up. And then they were like calling me about coming in for 12. And it was like, that's, that was my bonus year. I didn't March. Mm. Um, and I didn't March my age out at X, which was 13 when they won. I didn't March 12, which could have been blue coats. Um, or I could have gone to devs, but, um, uh, it's so odd to be on the other side of it now. Right. So what, what are you feeling like now? You're like stepping away. It's November. It's been a, a few months since tour. Now you're, you're teaching and it's like, what do you want to bring to the activity as a young instructor, as a young leader, um, that's able to influencing influence people's, um, experiences and what they take away from it. Yeah, I've actually had a lot of time to like reflect nationals was last week um, for the high yeah. school band I teach. Um, I don't know, I kind of frame it as I want to be th that instructor that I wish that I had growing up, you know, like that person that was approachable enough that you could talk to about stuff. Um, but also was like, I don't know, like, you want to be that person like you want to achieve the things that they did and more. Um, so just being that person who can kind of inspire the next generation and like passing on the stuff that I've learned over the years. And I just don't want it to go to waste, you know? Um, and at the end of the day, I'm here for the kids. Um, and I love teaching. I love being an instructor. Um, I hope to teach this summer and going on, but yeah, I just want to be that that guy, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I told you, if you um, are looking to teach and you don't have a spot, we can talk after the podcast about wherever your you know current situation is. But what I will tell you um, that I wish I was more aware of when I was around your age starting and I was I did what you did. Actually, seventh regiment was my first summer out. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And just an amazing learning experience. But the things you're talking about in um, your preparation and how you practiced that needs to be taught to students too. And I think we think about teaching, we're like, you're flat or like that was early or like whatever. But to be honest, those things that you just knew how to do to prepare, that's what they need. Because when you yeah. see a student struggling in a rehearsal, it's literally just like something that they messed up on like two days ago or like a year ago. And it's all about teaching them how to get themselves better when you're not there. Like, I yeah. think that is you, you can't, if they can only perform when you're in front of them, they can't perform. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, so I just loved that part of what you were talking about. I was like, yeah, I just was like this super self-disciplined sort of mechanical process oriented person as you prepared. That's how we intend to rehearse the group. That's how people should be practicing. I think that is massive for people because they just want to get to the, like, you know, that ending image of the sideline where you're watching the alumni core and you've done it yeah. all. Like there's so much that you went through up to that point. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of the times it's just sitting in that like six by six practice room by yourself for hours. Like it, it gets ugly. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> With that Vic been super fun. Just uh, getting to know you a little bit more. And uh, you know, I'm a fan of the work you've done so far. Super excited to see what you do with your career. Now they're aged out. So thanks for uh, jumping on here with us. Yeah, you too. Nice meeting you too. Thank you for everything. And we will uh, probably see each other in a good old Connecticut here soon. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> Small world. Well, everyone, thanks for listening, and I will check you next time. See ya.